Welcome, everybody, to episode number 89 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. I am the lover of science and sharks. Uh, joining me, as always, is my co-host, the Ironborn, the goddess of giggles, ladies and gentlemen, Agent Nicole. Yep, that's me. And also joining us, of course, because she was my ride home here today. Uh, the mistress of Merlot and real housewife of Transylvania, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Ashes One Nightmare. Happy International Women's Day, everyone! Boop boop. Oh yeah. Insert In- Deadpool reference here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We do not celebrate that in our house. <laughs> At least not the same way they did. No. Well, I mean, we could. Uh, I'm all right. I have a headache. <laughs> uh, we are, of course, also joined by the hardest working man in podcasting, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. Hey, hey, hey. He's here. And uh, I forget the second line, but get used to it. Um, he's here. He doesn't have any beer. Nope. No beer. No beer. As opposed to the line Homer used, we're here, we're queer, we don't want any more bears. He heard that at the mustache rally. (laughs) Uh, So what are we talking about today? Talking about some... uh, A really fun character. I'm very excited for this episode. Yeah, this is uh, yet another movie based on a book uh, where it's completely changed. The story from uh, movie to book is completely changed. I mean, the movie is loosely based off of the book. I think the movie is better than the book, actually. Well, it's... Basically, the movie took a premise. I mean, we'll get into it a little more, but the movie took a premise and kind of, to quote Mark Watney, science the shit out of it. You all right? Like, what are you doing? I have something in my eye. I wasn't sure if you were about to sneeze or you saw a ghost. I don't want to fuck up my mascara. So I'm just going to blink the sucker out. That is really important to make sure your makeup is on point uh, on a radio show. Right? I got to look pretty for the people at home. (laughs) (laughs) Please sound pretty. Oh, thank you. You do too. Are you talking to me? (laughs) Yeah. Everybody. (laughs) So we have... yeah, just what's our what's our getting into character segment for this week? Because you came up with something interesting. Um, so today for our character discussion, we are talking about Flint Lockwood from the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movie series. And uh, for our getting into character question today, we are asking if you could invent anything. I don't care how. Bonkers, it sounds. If you could invent absolutely anything, what would you invent and why? Start with you, Patrick. All right, because I like to invent crazy bonkers things, um, you know, especially in, in my my brain because I'm crazy and bonkers myself. Uh, <clears throat> I would invent a... Uh, a because it, I do love me some Calvin and Hobbes, I would uh I would pretty much take all of Calvin's inventions and uh kind of combine them, you know, like you have uh basically you just need a cardboard box and when 
it's on its side. It's a duplicator. So you can make clones of yourself. Like, oh, I really need to get a few more hours of sleep. Let me clone myself, send the clone to work. And then, like, we can swap out. We can take turns, stuff like that. Uh, you know, basically, you could send the clone on, you know, what you know, you guys could take turns on whatever missions or daily activities you didn't want to partake of. Uh, and when you put the box face down, so, like, the opening is on the bottom, like, you have to crawl underneath of it, that's when it's a transmogrifier. So <clears throat> you might remember Calvin turning himself into a tiger, but a tiger with the exact same proportions of Calvin. So he was still, you know, short with a giant head that was oversized for his body. But he was nonetheless a tiger. So, you know, and there's a little dial on the side that you turn to. Uh, but there's some room you can write, you can write, you know, because there's only a couple of options. Mm-hmm. You know, first it was going to be lungfish or musk ox. And, you know, he told Hobbs, he goes, think about it. You could be a a 500-story slug, a gastropod the size of the Chrysler building. And Hobbs is like, ugh, how could I refuse? He's like, well, you don't have to pick that. You could do something else. So that's what I would... I would invent the combination transmogrifier slash uh, duplicator. Either that or the wagon that can fly to Mars. That would be convenient. It would be convenient. You just have to build up enough speed, go down a hill and off a ramp, and you're on your way to Mars. Bye, Felicia! Going to visit Mark Watney. Although it's like, uh, we go eat potatoes. Like, uh, Hobbs says to Calvin, he's like, well, what about, what are you going to do for food? He goes, well, mom could come by twice a day to cook. And he's like, that would be quite the commute. <laughs> so, yeah, those would be my, my ideas. That's a good idea. What about you, Agent Nicole? Um, so I thought about it for a while and I figured, why not do something that's going to benefit anybody who, doesn't like flying who doesn't really like to travel and make it easy do like um like what they do in star trek with the enterprise and whatnot they have like the beaming system where it can beam you to wherever you would like to go and figure you know it benefit people who don't like flying i know someone in this room does not like flying who is it um the pretty girl <laughs> next to me um i know you don't like flying I don't yeah like flying. no oh. um people who don't have a way to commute to anything. They can just step into a beaming port and boom, right there. So kind of like a mass transit system, like the T or like the bus? Yep. It would be less sketchier than Uber. Correct. What about transwarp beaming? Would you be doing that as well for people who work on, say, like other planets? Sure. Why not? All right, Ashes, your turn. Okay, so I was a little selfish with my invention. <laughs> First, I thought of something wine-based, but um, like a like a wine glass that just never emptied. I was like thinking a perpetually like, full wine glass, like a Messiah gun or like a Messiah glass. You could call it like a Jesus cup, or like you pour water into it and it turns into wine. Like Turn the water grail. into wine. Um, yeah, but no, I decided that. Okay, so my hair is pink. It is not naturally pink, unfortunately, and it takes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of like time, money to keep up with it. So I thought, how cool would it be to invent this pill that you ingest and ate out like so you take it before bed and when you wake up, you have colored hair. That's pretty cool. It lasts for 
like 16 hours. So then, you know, you if you want to keep up with the same color, you just keep popping the same color pill. So you could have a different hair color every day. That'd be that would be. I just realized. and then you wouldn't have to worry about like dyeing your roots that, and going through all of that. That'd crap. be funny to prank on somebody too, like replace you know, their right? birth control with hair hair pills. Yeah, but like how many times are you in a situation where you're like, you know, you're dressing up or something, and it's like, oh, you know, what? it'd be really fun to have like colored hair or you know just something a little bit different like i love my hair but there are days when i'm like you know what maybe i would like to do this color or maybe i would like to blend in with society for a day i don't know why but you know why not what about the um, balding gentleman it, it will dye your scalp all right <laughs> <laughs> But no, it would just, you know, it would attach to the follicles on, like, your head. But only your head, so it wouldn't change any other hair that you so have. So the carpets colors. wouldn't match the drapes. Yeah, exactly. That's a supplement. Exactly. Yes, yeah, you have to take two pills for that. <laughs> but, like, how rad would that be? So you're, like, you know, Halloween time and stuff. You don't have to, like, spray all of this toxic stuff in your hair trying to get, you know, colors. Or you don't have to worry about playing around with wigs because wigs can just be obnoxious sometimes. So... Yeah. I think you and Jenny, uh, Jenny is me, need to work on this. Right? So that's pretty good. I, You know, I, I really thought you were going to go some sort of wine thing. See, because mine's kind of selfish, too, because it's like I would just like to just shoot off to Mars somewhere. You know, I, I and there's only enough room for me and my stuff, Tiger Hobbs. So, and it would just be the two of us chilling on Mars. And Bye. I, okay. And I had to be the selfless one. <laughs> and uh, you know, the duplicator counterfeiting is just one of its many uh, many uses. Oh hi. Yeah. See, that's what I thought. Hi. Money, please. <laughs> nope. Money, please. So I, I uh, before we go to break, I just want to uh, mention something that. Uh, I learned some new stuff over the, over uh, the last few days. What did you learn? Well, I learned. Is uh, that why you look so tired? Yes. <laughs> I learned some new things and I'm exhausted. I'm learning. <laughs> now I forget old things that I used to know. Um, where am I? Why am I here? Um, no, I learned what a bunny hug is. Is it when you? Hug a bunny? Uh, no, that's actually completely not that. It's something completely different. A because bunny it should hug. be. Oh, yes. But maybe that's what it is here. But in Canada, a bunny hug is the term that they use uh, in certain provinces. Not everywhere. This is a provincial thing. I learned this as well. It is um, a hoodie. But not a zip-up hoodie. Like, for example, the hoodie I am wearing has a zipper on the front of it. This is not technically a bunny hug. I don't know if there's a name for it. But Agent Nicole is currently wearing a bunny hug. Because hers hop, is... Hop, hop. Yeah, <laughs> hop, hop. It is, it is a pullover with a full pocket in the front. So that is the difference. So I would if, think it'd be like a kangaroo. Yeah, I was just going to say that. 
Like, it makes no sense why it's a what, bunny. What do you, you put think, a joey in your little pocket? If what you're a do kangaroo. you think there are more of in Canada, kangaroos or bunnies? You never know. I would wager bunnies. There like, might be some anything, Aussies over there. They're kangaroos. It could be a bear hug. Like that sounds cooler, but like you know, you have your bunny hug. Uh, I also learned some slang terms for alcohol. A two four is a twenty four pack, and uh, a Mickey. It's not a nip. It's like the next size up. So it's not like a full bottle. It's like the small travel bottles, you know, like you'd see like people drinking out of the paper bags. So you know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. I forget yes. like yeah. the exact ounces that are in it. But uh, like a fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So you could um, and you can obtain these things. I know if you're in and, and our, our good buddy uh, Rocky can <coughs> can uh, attest to this, you would you would be able to obtain a Mickey at the Lickbo. I don't know exactly what that stands for, but it's LCBO, and that's uh, apparently uh, specific to Ontario. What are they doing up in Ontario? Uh, Lickbos. <laughs> they go to the Lickbo <laughs> to get their Mickeys. And when you're going to the Lickbo, you have to make sure you put on your runners, which are obviously sneakers. Yeah, that's what we we uh, we call them down here. Uh, but you don't want to get a soaker because if you get a soaker, that's what happens. That's what they call when you step in a puddle, and your shoe and your sock get wet. Ew. If yeah. that were to happen, you'd have to borrow a toonie to buy some new socks. Oh my god! A toonie is a two dollar coin, and oh, you know what a one dollar coin is called? A oney. A loony. That's what I learned, and actually, I've heard that because my grandfather, um, where my my father is from, he's like two miles away from the Canadian border, and so my grandfather, his mom, my grandmother is uh, French Canadian, so I used to hear that a lot. My grandfather would be like, "Oh, you know, gives like me a quarter or whatever." I don't. This is really when I was really young, but I've heard him say those terms. Well, I learned all this. By listening to my new friends on the Derailers podcast. And if you have not checked these guys out, do yourself a favor and check them out because they are amazing. They do all kinds of random stuff. And like their show topics kind of like bounce back and forth between like four or five different topics. And a couple of weeks ago, they did like a, a, a crazy like. You know, like the old like War of the Worlds, like radio dramas. They yeah. did something kind yeah. of like that, but it's like a, a it was like a war between the U.S. and Canada over uh, the U.S. wanting the secrets to bagged milk and immortality, but Prime Minister Leonard Nimoy wouldn't give it up, so they sent in generic soldier man. It's phenomenal. It's three people. It's. Ripkin, Goobs, and Jenny Bean, and they're fantastic, and they are actually very good friends with our friends from the Best Darn Diddly podcast, and they've done a bunch of crossovers, so if you've listened to the Best Darn Diddly, you've probably heard some of the crossovers that they did. They did an amazing rendition of the Monorail song. Cool. Yes. So, All I can think about right now is the UN episode where Ralph Wiggum is representing Canada 
and he's dressed as a Mountie. And he gets up and he starts singing. Oh, Canada, oh, while everyone's Canada. arguing. What's weird, though, and I found this out on their, their most recent episode as well. They have an off-brand called President's Choice, but they don't have a president. They have a prime minister. It should Do they know minister. the prime minister? Do they know Justin Trudeau? I don't know if they know him. Guys, know if him. you are listening, if you know Justin Trudeau, hey, have him call me. I want to talk about his socks. Yeah, have him hit us up. We'll have him on the show. Sure, he can hit us up too, but have him call me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think with that... He's so foxy. I think with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. and When we come back, we are going to sk- discuss Flint Lockwood of the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs franchise. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Hey, this is Miles, a.k.a. Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com. Keep on punching! And we've returned. I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed that little interlude. Grab yourself a, a little snack, maybe. Uh, but we're back now, so... Oh, my God. Why did you have to mention food? I know. I'm hungry. Oh, snacks. I love snacks. Snacks are the best. Snacks and naps. Combine them together, and you get snaps. So, before we get into our discussion, speaking of snacks, if you could have any food... Rain from the sky. What would you choose? I would probably go with the first thing you see in the movie. Cheeseburgers. 
Really? I I, I would love a, a big friggin' cheeseburger falling from the sky. And what would be the most interesting part about that is because while it would be a cheeseburger because you're altering the genetic or the molecular structure of you know the clouds and everything to create the food while it is technically meat it would also be vegan because it would not be coming from any animal this is true You're just some buns and patties. Trigger, this is appropriate. But I love you so much. I don't know what this is, but Why it's amazing. Why is it? What's it's the Aquabat? Yeah, it's Aquabat. Since I, I had you in my gut. That's a shame. I know. I have no life. This would be me. <laughs> they should have played the song in the movie. <laughs> you guys don't have to keep listening. I just thought it was appropriate. This was literally the first real thing that you see in the movie is burgers falling yeah. from the sky. But yeah, that's probably what I would do. Like a burger because again, you know, I'm we're try, you know, we're trying to eat better. We're trying to you know, what is he more. pulling out of that thing? That's burger, like, little mini mini burgers. Oh, well, okay. to him they're mini they're, yeah. burgers. He's like the burger rain god. I'm guessing. <laughs> There's Raven Shadow dancing around with his burger. Looks different after he shaved. So, what about you, Agent Nicole? Um, egg rolls and noodles. Ooh, what kind of noodles? I'm sorry, I don't have a song for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like any type of noodle. I guess probably ramen noodles. Oh, ramen. Yes. But like the authentic, like. Oh, like the real ramen. The, the not real ramen. Not like the 22 cent no. 50 for a no. nickel. It's going to be the good shit. Like, I can't. It has to be good egg rolls. Like, my mom's egg rolls would be phenomenal. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. If you could program a machine to rain your mom's egg rolls from the sky, that would be. That would be With amazing. Some sweet chili sauce on the side, yeah. How about uh, you, Ashes? Other than wine, fun. Oh, I was from saying, guy. it's rain and wine. Hallelujah, it's rain and wine. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gonna that's not be a food. drunk all of the time. It'd be the complete Red Sea <laughs> all over the place. I mean, like, I wear dark clothing to begin with, so, like, yeah, I wouldn't have to worry. Yeah. Why is it going to be black? Um, I, no. That's the <laughs> color know, you just... wear all the time. <laughs> so it's not like I would have to worry about it staining my clothes, because they're all that, all black. I forgot to mention that I spilt red wine on me last night, that's... and I had black pants on, and I was like, oh, can't see it. You'll see. There you go. So if anybody's wondering, why do I wear black all the time? No, it's not to because... Hide it, white state. Right. It's not because black is the color of my soul. Well, I mean, it kind of is, but, you know, it doesn't match my, my darkened black heart. It's to hide the wine stains. <laughs> Logic. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> She's <laughs> not allowed the, the to wear white, man. like, anywhere. Logic. Like, there was... There was a time we were going to a Bruins game, and she was wearing one of my Bruins jerseys, and it was, you know, one of the darker colored jerseys. So there was like almost no white on it. We stopped to get ice cream. She managed to spill ice cream on like the quarter inch white spot. Nowhere else. 
just <laughs> on the one spot that had white on it. Talent. That's where she dropped the ice cream. Talent. So we were terrified at the wedding because she was only allowed to because she was worried that she was going to lose her, you know, spill something. So she only drank clear liquids, not water, but clear liquids. Shot, 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 shot. Yeah, she was out Everybody. of it very quickly. Well, I had to be. <laughs> yeah. Before the ceremony I even love started. You. So we're going to do a little uh, thing. We want to hear what you would want would want to rain from the sky. And we're going to pick someone at random. And whoever gets picked. So all you have to do is tell us either on Twitter or on the Facebook page. Uh, tell us what food you would want to rain from the sky. And you'll be entered into a drawing that we will do next Wednesday before the next episode airs. And you will win a digital copy of Thor uh, Ragnarok. How does that grab you? What? Oh, yeah. I haven't even Why seen it be yet. grabbing things? Grabbers. Well, grabbers. <laughs> grabbers. Because he's Thor. He's always grabbing on like, his hammer and stuff. He can grab me. <laughs> hey so, With that new haircut. Mm. So all you got to do to enter this contest is tell us what food you would want to rain from the sky. <laughs> You know, let's let's throw a hashtag on the hashtag food rain. So we, if we chocolate need to, rain. we can we can. Uh, I don't remember the actually of that song. That chocolate d- rain. That dude follows me on Twitter. Tayson Day. He <laughs> follows serious? me on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> Verified Twitter account. That's sad. Wow. I, I think he follows everyone. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No offense. I got he followed me like three years ago. Yeah, see, there you go. Oh. If I doesn't follow Nicole. <laughs> I don't think I once bragged about it. Not, <laughs> well, I not only brought I it up because she said it. But yeah, so anybody who who uh, enters, just use the hashtag food rain, and you'll be entered to win a digital copy of Thor Ragnarok. Bam. So that being said, let's get into our uh, our discussion of Flint Lockwood from the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs uh, franchise. So, I want to start off by, if you haven't seen this movie, but you read the book, like I did when I was a kid, I loved the book, and you go to see the movie wondering, how the hell can they make a movie based on this book? They do a very good job. However, in the book, not only is there no Flint Lockwood, there is no Flint and Mr. There are actually no named characters at all in the book. It's not a machine that causes the rain, the the food to rain down. It's actually just that's the way things are. Food rains down. Like the the cover of the book is a guy with an umbrella holding a plate, and a meatball drops onto his plate, and you can see it kind of like bouncing off. And that same guy is in the book when they're playing the uh, what's it, Leslie. Leslie uh, Gore. Leslie Gore. Yes, Leslie Gore's song, "The Sunshine, Sunshine Lollipops." Lollipops and, right, and he goes and he gets an umbrella out of uh, his umbrella stand before he goes outside. That's the guy who's based on the the guy who's on the cover. 
Uh, that's when Flint's taking all the food orders from the different people in the in the town. And as an aside, why, if you live on a goddamn island, would you be like, you know, you have everyone like, can I have waffles? Can I have avocados? Let's have this. Let's have gummy bears. And this asshole's like, I want fish. Fuck you! You guys have been living on sardines for the past however many decades. Yeah, but okay, you like, live on an island. There's fish everywhere. Okay, like fish. In defense of this nameless fake cartoon character from the show fish like different types of fish have different flavors so they're used to eating sardines which are really salty and i'm not a fan um but like other fish like salmon yeah haddock um, and which one of those did he specify that he wanted? He just said fish, but but you know, but it could could have rained all of the different types of fish. You know, different fish have look, different textures and different flavors depending look, on where it's they're. Blowfish, poison blowfish, raining from the sky. Now everyone in Swallow Falls is dead. Can we hey, talk about guess what? It's round? fictional, Patrick. It's I don't care. Fictional. It still bugs me. So before we get started. Um, so I know how uh, we were introduced to to this movie. Uh, Agent Nicole, like, have you seen the movie before? Was this like a first time viewing for you? Um, the first one I've seen multiple times. The second one I just watched a couple of days ago. Okay. And the consensus is that the first one is definitely better than the... Leaps and bounds better than the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you what do you think about it? Um, the first time I watched it, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Underst- I mean, understandable. I, I don't know. Like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, making food. I wish that happened. I could just go out in the, like, yard and just scream for, like, cheeseburgers or pizza or whatever. That'd be oh really God, nice. Pizza. Um, Pizza's chasing us? Yeah. <laughs> I think I watched it on, like, TV. I know I watched it through that. So like I like stuff was cut off and then I finally watched like the full version and it was cute. I just thought it was stupid. Um, I did like that. It was um, Anna, uh, Anna Ferris as Sam and Bill uh, Hatter, who is just phenomenal. I loved him on uh, SNL. So the cast is solid. I just thought it was stupid at first. So. And he's great on Bob's Burgers. Mm hmm. But I always get him confused with who's the who's the guy I always get <coughs> Will Forte. Him, Will Forte. I love Will Forte. Who is in that? Who is in the first one? And he's the bad guy in the second one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love Will Forte. He's so underrated. Oh, he is definitely. Um, we first watched uh, saw this movie. We rented it from Redbox. Mm-hmm. Redbox. Uh, I had wanted to see it and we hadn't had a chance to go to the theater. I think we had just started dating. It was, it it wasn't super long after we had just started. Yeah, we were, uh, we were, uh, maybe a month or so, maybe two months. Yeah, I still had my apartment. God, I missed that apartment. Um, anyways. It's bigger uh, than the apartment we live in now. I know. I missed that place. It was great. Um, 
Don't miss driving Route 2. Yeah, well, that's a story for another day. And he, you and I had, we were arguing. Like, you had pissed me off. Shocker, Patrick pissed me off. Yeah, you were probably um, wrong about something. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, and, and we were just like, fine. Just, just put the fucking movie on. Just put the movie on. Uh, about five minutes in, we were so engrossed into the movie that we completely forgot what we were arguing about. And we just sat there and watched the whole thing and laughed around asses off and you know just completely forgot what we were arguing about so yeah um so this movie is kind of now like an inside joke between the two of us because mm-hmm. you know of that that situation that instance but i love this movie i think it's adorable i love the the message that it sends out yeah um you know and i just think it's so creative so imaginative and I, I think the casting like the voices um you know benjamin bratt as the uh manny manny yeah um i just listened to him singing on our way over here did you he was in coco so that's why I li- <gasps> oh i still haven't seen that that's on my list um so good and uh i'm trying to think oh andy samberg <laughs> the only thing Brent. i like andy samberg in um yeah so the the, the casting was great and there's just something so lovable about the character of Flint Lockwood. I mean, there's something lovable about all the characters, but there's something like especially lovable about the character of Flint Lockwood. And I think it's because, you know, we're given a little bit of backstory in the beginning, you know, just to kind of get you up to. So uh, I believe he's 26 in the first movie and 30 in the second. That really makes no sense, though. I that's what I that's what I found out. That's what I no, read. I it just could saw be, that too, but that just makes no. I sense. I thought he was younger, but I thought he was in his early 20s mm-hmm. in the first movie. But you know, when we were first introduced <laughs> to this character, he's a child, and you see him as very precocious, very just energetic. He's inventive. He wants to be an inventor. He has posters of scientists on his wall as like rock stars, like rock Nikolai star scientists, yeah, Tesla, yep. Nikolai Tesla, and um, Albert Einstein. Yeah, and it's just you know he's he's a smart kid, and he takes all of these risks. And uh, you see him at school, and it's show and tell. And he's so proud. He's showing off his new invention, spray on shoes, which are you know this this rubber polymer based spray that you spray on your feet and it's instant shoes and he doesn't kind of think it through because he performs it and sprays it onto his feet and he's so happy and Brent the bully in class is like how are you going to get him off nerd how are you going to get him off nerd and then the kids laugh at him so you're you're shown that you know he's very smart uh, but he's bullied like hardcore. He's not well liked. And that's kind of typical of the smart kid in class, you know. Um, and I think a lot of us can kind of relate to that being bullied and stuff in school mm-hmm. and, you know, made fun of for our interests being a nerd or, you know, what have you. So it kind of goes through uh, like a brief just 
sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like a montage. Yeah, like a montage. So you know, after Gonna he need a montage. <laughs> He goes home from school, little Flint Lockwood with his crazy hair. He's very overdramatic. Head and his super long <laughs> arms. Everyone in this movie has very odd body proportions. I love it. Um, Especially his dad. But his dad looks like your dad. Yeah, except his dad has like tiny legs and like giant torso. His dad really does look like your dad. He does. Um, but anyway, so, you know, he is very overdramatic. He's very upset. He's just got, you know, completely just made fun of at school. And he is just, just so over it and frustrated, you know, for being made fun of for something that he worked on. You know, he worked so hard, so hard on this invention. And he was so, like, proud to show it to other people and his you, you kind of get the, the the gist that his dad doesn't so much understand him but his mom his mom is the one who's who's you know she gets him and she's putting forth the effort and she goes and she consoles him and she gives him this oversized lab coat that he eventually grows into it fits perfect and just you know tells him that it's you know okay to be different and it's okay to you know, be smart and have dreams and it's okay to you know you may get made fun of but that doesn't change who you are mm-hmm. and we later find out that unfortunately his mom passes and it's just him and his dad and his dad doesn't really understand the whole science thing. His dad is kind of like a lifer, uh, you know, very much small town vibes on this island. You know, he's a fisherman. He fished for sardines. This whole town is just that that's their thing. They, you know, export sardines until, you know, Everyone people realize that sardines were gross. Super gross. Yes. Uh, it's even, it even made the paper. Yes. Sardines are super, super gross. gross. Oh, the juiced. Oh. <laughs> Candy. So they were they they talk about how they were uh like part of the opening narration is Flint, you know, talking about, you know, giving you the history of his island which is located just under the A in Atlantic on the map. Yes. Um very small gray island uh thriving sardine community until like Asha said everyone realizes that sardines are super gross. So they were left eating all the sardines that no one wanted and they showed all the different ways that they ate the sardines including you know the oh, they talk juiced and the guy just squeezes the sardine in the juice into his mouth oh i don't know what's worth that or the the baby that has the sardine water in his bottle that was pretty gross too but yeah the opening narration is pretty awesome because it kind of sums up the entire movie Pretty much, yeah. It, it, but, I mean, however, the movie is so well written that even though you, you're given this synopsis, you still want to see more. Well, it, it tells you how, it, how the movie ends in the opening narration, if you pay attention. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, but it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliantly done. Um, this was one of my favorite books as a kid. I really loved it. And they took some of the, the my favorite stuff, like... You know, when the weather started getting really bad and they had the tomato tornado, they kind of did that with the spaghetti twister, but they took it so far beyond what the book did 
um, because of you know having people being able to say, okay, this is what I want, this is what you know I would really like to to do, and then the food kind of getting out of control. But yeah, the the whole thing is Flint is a brilliant uh, inventor and engineer. Like his lab space is phenomenal. Like it's so cool. Like, but he doesn't understand fishing metaphors. Like his a lot of his inventions, and we see a little montage of his inventions <laughs> as he's getting older, like hair on Balder. Or the monkey thought translator. Which is the best invention ever because I love Steve so much. How wise. Steve. Yeah, he has a monkey named Steve who is voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. Gummy bear. (laughs) Who just always says the right thing at just the right time. Mustache. Like, when when Flint reveals his, uh, his, his idea for turning water into food... You know, Steve's sitting there, he's gnawing on a can of sardines, just kind of like he has it in his mouth, kind of biting it, you know, like as monkeys do. And he's like, Steve, can I count on your help? And Steve holds the can up and goes, can. Can. I knew I could. Yellow. (laughs) You're right, Steve. The dangeometer is in yellow. But he had had mustard all over his hand. Helping. (laughs) That's another thing Flint does. He kind of narrates what he's doing. He's like wiring doing you know like and as he's doing that like he's putting all this stuff together he's like motivating staring engage coffee break and when he does that he does the motions if you're a dragon ball z fan he does the kamehameha motion uh and steve's sitting there banging on a pan he's like helping (laughs) that's pretty much like in case anybody was wondering what my life was like that's pretty much what it is. It's me running around doing things and Patrick banging on a pan going, helping. She does that. She'll be like, oh, move out of my way. What are you doing? And I'm like, helping. <laughs> this, the, just to kind of to go off topic a little bit, this cast is phenomenal. Bruce Campbell plays the mayor. Mr. T plays Earl, who is one of the best characters and because of his lines that's one of his lines how he describes flint lockwood that is where we get the title of our episode he's like you are a shenaniganizer a tom fool it's amazing i don't do a good mr t no you do not it's it's fantastic and um so i i gotta i gotta ask you agent nicole yep what is uh, your favorite Flint Lockwood invention? Is it the Rat Birds, the remote control TV, which that somehow is the stupidest sentience. thing? Did you notice that when all the food was raining down and people were looting the TVs, the TV went in and took the shopkeeper? Yes, <laughs> I enjoyed that one. That made me really laugh. I do. I like the monkey translator. I really like that. Oh, it's, that was the best. Because you know, at the very end of the um, second movie which we'll definitely talk about, especially with uh, Flint and his father, like that, you know, like the fishing metaphors where, you know, his dad is trying to explain like the like life lessons and like Flint doesn't understand it or he can't, his father can express his emotions without using fishing metaphors. And so they, Sam played by Anna Ferris, 
takes the monkey translator and just puts it to Flint's dad and that's and just and you hear like everything he's trying to say without you know kind of breaking like that like tough rugged guy or just the guy who's just like there he can't express how he feels but you know he he has good intentions like I really enjoy that part like it's it's, a really good invention it's not like the fishing metaphors are all that (laughs) difficult to understand like after all these failed event uh, uh, inventions he's like look you don't keep casting your net where there isn't any fish and he's like I don't like the first time he says it he's like I don't understand fishing metaphors well sometimes you know people understand certain things and like sometimes people do not understand outside the box kind of stuff so you know i can understand like that miscommunication like there are things like that my dad says and i'm like i don't even know what the fuck you're talking about is that even english well i think that it kind of illustrates their relationship like if flint wanted to and like you know put time into thinking about it like flint's kind of a selfish character because all he wants to do is my inventions i want to do this i want things to be better I mean, he's trying to do See, it for other people. With you on that, he's doing it for other people. But this is what you know. It's what he loves. But this is his life. He ignores everything else. Like he doesn't take responsibility for any of the consequences of any of his actions. Well, that's because okay. So kind of backtracking a little bit, going into the actual character of Flint Lockwood, like because he was bullied his entire life, you know, and he has this strained relationship with his dad and he lost his mom. The only person who really understood him or at least put forth the effort to understand him. You know, he has become uh, very attention seeking and, nervous and willing to go to dangerous like you know put himself at risk with all of these crazy inventions in order to impress people like he just Mm -hmm. wants to make friends he just wants people to like him and you see that throughout the movie especially with the invention of the i'm the flinzifer Differ. Um, the that is the invention that makes the food weather, um, you know. And in, in and initially, he didn't realize that the food weather was going to be the outcome of the flintzifer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just you know an invention that was supposed to turn water into food, and it was supposed to be simple. And he was trying it in his lab. And he realized that he needed more energy because he just completely blew the fuses in his in his lab and in his house and everything. He just needed so he, seventeen thousand more gigajoules. Yeah. So he realized that he needed more energy, and you know he brought the Flinzenfer uh, to. I feel like this is this episode's that's a bingo. Yeah, <laughs> the Flinzenfer um, to the like power place like where the lines and stuff are mm-hmm. in an attempt to he just wanted to gain enough power because he was trying to save the town that Correct. was his ultimate goal like he just wanted to make people's lives better and you know if people 
liking him and wanting to befriend him was a result of that, then great. Like that was part of his goal as well. But he wanted to make people's lives better. These people were miserable. Life Mm -hmm. was gray. They were living off of sardines. And the town was pretty much bankrupt because, you know, they're not exporting sardines anymore. People aren't buying their sardines. And that's their only export. And you have the mayor who's trying to put together this sardine land theme park to attract tourism you know Mm. which just stupid just stupid idea and everyone knows that but they're like hey it's kind of like a last-ditch effort this is our only hope so you know flint just wanted to make people's lives better yeah no and i agree with you with you know i don't think he as he has his moments where he's selfish but i don't think he is selfish and i think a lot of it comes from what you said like he's looking for that attention like his you know and he feels like he's misunderstood because his mother was the bridge between him and his father right and like you know his father didn't understand him but his mom did and so you know they have that connection and he was you know he's looking for someone to actually really understand him and you know after his mom passed he didn't really have anybody and then sam comes along who's you know is uh it's kind of like a office temp kind of girl for this news station. And she she gets to be a nerd when she gets on this this small island. And, you know, her inner geek comes out and she, you know, she, you know, Flint is like, holy shit, I just like met the person who gets me, mm-hmm. which is something that he hasn't had in his life until, you know, his mom passed away and didn't really have that intention. And so now he has that with Sam, which is really nice. So, for those of you who are wondering what we keep saying, uh, I believe the following clip will kind of explain that to you. It's called the Flintlockwood Diatonic Super Mutating Dynamic Food Replicator. Or, for short, <laughs> the Flintsimdifer. Flintsimdifer? Flintsimdifer. Flintsimdifer? Flintsimdifer. Oh. Manny, make sure you get this. He's going to make the food now. Uh. So that's the scene where Flint has uh, Manny and Sam. Manny is the uh, cameraman. Yes. Up in his lab, and he's explaining how he makes the food. Well, I kind of want to touch base on the relationship between Sam Sparks and Flint Lockwood. They are two of the same like they are two peas in a pod if you think about it because they're both ultimately seeking the same goal they want to be liked by people Mm -hmm. so flint instead of trying to change himself his personality become something that he's not is trying to invent something to change the world and you know make people's lives better and impress people so that they will be his friend and ultimately he's also seeking the approval of his dad he's just trying so hard to you know are are you proud of me dad are you proud of me now Mm -hmm. um and sam does something similar but she changes herself you know when she was younger she had glasses she wore her hair up she was made fun of she was very interested in the science and weather and meteorology and uh 
takes her hair down and wears contacts and changes her appearance and her overall demeanor in an attempt to make people like her. And she gets, like uh, Nicole said, she gets this um, like internship or temp uh, job at a news station and they decide to send her or something yeah like they decide to send her to cover this you know big story that nobody else really wanted to go cover on this unknown island blah 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 you know and that's how she ends up over there but she meets flint and it's funny because she kind of starts geeking out a little bit she's like oh my god are those spray on shoes and you just see flint's eyes just get all big and he gets all like doughy and he's just like yeah she's like oh my god those are amazing and then steve comes along and he's like steve and she's like oh my god is that a monkey thought translator and his eyes just get even bigger and he's just like ah and then she just and she's like i mean um you know she kind of like retracts a little but she's like oh he's talking and i think one of the best moments in the first film is when um flint you know overnight is her it the favorite, jello scene it is the jello, scene. the jello scene um so sam loves jello they like talk about like how um sam has a peanut allergy and that she loves jello and so overnight uh flint makes it rain jello and he takes her to this like little jello palace that he made for her. And she's like, why? How did this happen? He's like, I did it overnight. You never asked for anything. So I'm doing it for you. And I think, you know, they have fun and they go crazy in the jello scene. And like, there's that one moment where you, you know, it's going to be very sentimental. And, you know, she's geeking out and then she stops. And Flint is like, why do you keep doing that? Like, there's no need to do that. You can be yourself. And, she, you know, this is the first time where we see Sam kind of really just let loose. And she pulls her hair back with the jello scrunchie and she takes out her glasses. And Flint is like, you're pretty. I, too, was a nerd. Flint's like, too? Like, he doesn't see himself as a nerd, which yeah. is funny. Um, but, yeah, it's it's I love that scene. And it's such, you know, it provides such a wonderful message that is very relatable to anybody, you know, be who you are and like it's okay if you're a nerd and it, I just I really like that's one of my absolute favorite moments in the entire the two the two uh, two books the two films like it's such an important message that is being broadcast in that film but it's just like you know you don't have to change because other people don't like you like don't don't do it just be you you're good you're good enough Right? Like, you'll eventually find that person who gets you. Eventually. (laughs) I do want to touch on two things real quick. Because when when you mentioned that uh, she was sent out to cover a news story that no one else cared about, it wasn't the food raining from the sky. It was just the festival. Yeah. Yeah. The the, uh, mayor, Bruce Campbell, (laughs) decided that he wanted to take all of the the, town's money to... uh, Sardine. Sardine land. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they were going out there to cover. Like, so we don't want to think, like, nobody really cared about the food weather and that wasn't a big deal. Like, it was. And right before he introduces her to the machine, because you made me think of this, they have the... the, uh, the, the little back and forth where he's like, do you love Jell-O? And she's like, I love Jell-O. Oh, I love Jell-O too. And peanut butter, right? Oh, no, no, no. I'm severely allergic to peanuts. And he's like, yeah, me too. She's like, so what's it called? He's like, peanut allergy. She's like, no, the machine. <laughs> I just thought that's such a great, great line. 
because and then she she you know calls him on it later in the in the movie when they're trying to shut the machine down and she's like because did you really think that you know having a peanut allergy would make you more attractive he's like "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) but yeah getting to that point like ultimately uh the food mutates a little too much and he needs to shut down the machine yeah the molecules start becoming all unstable and right like eventually like everyone's going to be put at risk you know no, nothing good is going to come of this um so he and sam sparks and manny who apparently is also a pilot and a doctor. Yeah, apparently. and a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Brent, remember the bully from earlier? Well, Flint Lockwood with his weather, food weather machine becomes Golden Boy and outs Brent. And uh, Brent is kind of having an identity crisis. He doesn't know what to do because he's been Golden Boy for so long. He so- was the mascot of the baby Brent. Sardines. Sardine can like, Uh-oh. and he always still like was, dresses we, the same, wears the diaper, runs around. Yeah, I'm we, the best person in the whole town. Right, like he was probably like what two or three when he was like baby Brent. So he's if been that, milking it for twenty some odd years. Yeah, very small town, guys. Very small. Uh, but anyways, so you know he decides that he wants to be a part of it because he just. He wants to be a part of it. He has to be a part of something. He doesn't know who he is anymore. And ultimately, Flint is almost willing to sacrifice himself. Yeah. That's kind of what happens. Um, you know, in the in the end, obviously, he survives because there's a sequel. Uh, but that shows his selflessness. So that's where I disagree with you, Patrick, well, when you say, like, you know, he, he was, was selfish, selfish up until that point when he realized that, like, oh, shit, like, I actually have to deal, like, but, the but, rat birds see, who escaped and bred at an alarming rate. Well, at this point, you know, he realizes I have people that I care about. I have friends. Like, I, you know, my, he still had, did not really have the approval of his, of his dad, but they had a moment and he was feeling a little bit better when, you know, he was laying in the garbage pan- can and he was like pointing around and he was like, this is trash and this is trash and then points at himself. Junk. Oh, no. Yeah, this is. Ju- yeah. And points at himself and says, this is junk. Like it and- hits you right. Like because he's he's so upset and he feels so worthless and so useless that he's caused all of these problems when all he wanted to do was make things better and he's just you know and he tells him he's like you know he says he's like you know you were right i should have just given up i should have stopped you know trying to follow my dreams i should have you know because my dreams are stupid and everything that i did just turned out terrible and and his dad just doesn't you know he's trying to make him feel better and he goes He's like trying to come up with all these different metaphors. He goes, when it rains, you, you put, put on, on a, a coat. coat. And he holds up the lab coat. And Flint turns and he's just like, he's like, I don't understand. And it's just like he sees him holding up the coat like, you know what you need to do. Yeah. Like the only way out of this. Like you're the only one that can take care of this. Oh, I'm getting a little misty just thinking about it because I love that part of the movie so much. But 
that provides Flint with the it, it's it's ultimately the driving force that brings him to be you know because he to, understands that his dad understands him now right or at least you know what his dad is is making that effort and going into the second movie uh, we see more of that effort because everyone had to be evacuated from the island because of the Flintzifer. Um, and they are living different places, someplace else. And Flint is recruited by Charles V, who is this? That was Chester V. Chester, yeah, Chester, Chester. V. Chester He's v. like a, a weird Elon Musk, Richard Branson, Professor S. Look- looking yes because he's got the white mustache and like sharp pointed goatee but he's got holograms okay quick question sorry so the beginning of the second film starts right after what happened at in the first film correct pretty I much i think it's it starts right i don't know after. i don't know if it's right after it's or if it's a couple after. years okay because i was that's where i was like Wait a minute! How the fuck is he twenty six? And then in the movie, he's fucking 30. because they that got me really fucking. If you confused. watch like if you watch through the credits, like you kind of see what happens with everyone. Okay, that's why I didn't watch like, the credits. Um, because they animate the credits for the most part. Um, Flint and his dad go into business as like uh, a roofing company. But they use the spray on shoes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like as like a roofing agent. Yeah. Because it would it'll never wear out. Like because you see at the beginning when he's trying to take them off and he smashes the cinder block over his feet. Like there's uh like you see you know a bunch of different things you know Sam becomes a a, a respected weather uh, meteorologist on the Weather News Network whether news happens or not. Um. Okay, thank you. I just I yeah, was like, so wait a minute. They have to eventually evacuate the island and live somewhere else because of the dam bursting. San uh, Fran, Fran Jose or whatever it is called. No, this is on the on no, the. No, that's where they were relocated. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the name of the city, but it was um the when the giant food was happening all over the all over the world like the. Everything got out of control, and there were like all these massive, massive storms hitting all the landmarks, like the people on the Great Wall of China that got the giant fortune cookie that said you were about to be hit, but you were about to be crushed by a giant corn, and then a giant corn fell out of the sky. Um, their island, like they, anything that wasn't eaten was scooped up by the was it the out of sighter? Yes, and then launched out of sight. And held back by a dam, but eventually there was just so much leftover food that it collapsed the dam, which is one of the best scenes. You know, and Bruce Campbell's like, wait, I have something important to tell all of you. So long, suckers. <laughs> yeah, so the island is pretty much considered uninhabitable at this point, and so they're all living someplace else, and... Flint is still working on his inventions. You know, life is going pretty well. Him and his dad are, you know, working on their relationship. And him and Sam Sparks are working on their relationship. And, you know, everything seems to be going pretty well. Um, He gets recruited by... What's the name of the... Chester V. Live. Live? Live Corp. Live Corp, yeah. Chester V... And Live Corp. 
um, this kind of like think tank. All I could think it's, of is like the circle, the film, the circle, if you've seen it or not. It was, yeah, but it's, 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 it's very it's, much like that. It, yeah, it's, it's that it's Stark Industries, it's Hammer Industries, it's, Apple. Ewok, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. I'm like, it's kind of like Apple because have, the dude kind of looks a little Steve jobs this. They have a thousand different types of coffee every five steps. Yeah. Um, so he gets recruited by, and apparently, you know, you you learn that Chester V is also one of his heroes, you know, alongside Nikolai Tesla and Albert Einstein. And, you know, so... He's recruited by, uh, because ultimately there's, and there's an, a motive, ulterior motive with him being recruited by this guy. Um, pretty much what they do is, uh, get a bunch of inventors together and let them plan out inventions and whoever makes or, or, you know, blueprints the best invention wins like gets to have their invention made so again Flint's, and they get a vest and they get a vest yeah so flint's back to where he was kind of like at the beginning of the first movie looking for acceptance and um you know needing to be uh like the approval like he's just striving for the approval of this chester v guy and he doesn't get it initially but eventually he does or so we think and pretty much what he's been led to believe is they end up having to go back to the island they all go back to uh swallows falls and chew and swallow well that was yes yeah after the failed sardine land they changed it from Swallow Falls to Chew and Swallow, and their number one business was mouth funnels. So they go back there, um, you know, and I believe it was like supposed to be like a cleanup mission or something. Yeah, yeah. Because all the uh, the food had become sentient, and they were like scary, like burger spiders, and like Chester V kept sending in groups. <laughs> And they kept disappearing. So he figured the only one who could go in and shut down, because he, he gave him a BSUSB or BSUSB, uh, to shut down the Flins Infidifer because it was creating all the uh, sentient food that was trying to escape the island because they had the video of the spider burger testing water, like trying to swim. And he convinced him that they would get off the island and destroy the Statue of Liberty. Right. And what they found was an entire ecosystem that had been created made and of foodables. Yeah, a little berry and woo. Um, so again, like he's back and he he does show a little more uh, of, a, of a leadership role. Like he, he definitely time, becomes Then he a, turns into a fucking dingus. Well, <laughs> wow. Jeez. Am I wrong? Does he not turn into a fucking dingus the same way he did last time? So because ferocious listen, about it. He is so you. susceptible to looking for someone else's approval that he will abandon everyone else in the pursuit of that approval. He listened to the mayor over 
all of his friends, like Sam's trying to explain stuff to him, and the mayor's like, yeah, but bigger food is better. And Sam's like, yeah, but all these things are bad. He's like, go to hell, Sam. And then when things are bad because I, I the mayor was a jerk, he's like, Sam, exactly will you help me? And she's like, go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself. And oh then, again. and then they start off the I second movie. This movie's about rated G. Starting yeah, a business and working together. Backward. They were going to call it Sparkswood. And then Chester B's like, oh, you shouldn't do this. You should listen to me. And we should get like, like an alarm. Oh, look at all of our friends. All of my friends tell me not to do this thing. And he's like, you angry shouldn't listen alert, to your angry friends. Nerd alert, angry nerd Does it happen alert, or not? He's like, like, you shouldn't listen to your friends. You're right. I shouldn't listen to my friends. Guy that I just met but desperately want to please. Unplug him. And then he, again, it's the same thing. He doesn't listen to his friends. He goes against his better judgment. They all turn their backs on him like Naboo. And then, like Naboo, five seconds later, they're back on his side. Because he's like, oh, I realized what a fucking dipshit I was. And now I need you to help me save you. Right, but he ultimately, you know, again, towards Agent <laughs> Nicole's turning her back on Patsy. God, we really need an alert button. Like, just, jeez, <laughs> prepare <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Good grief. It's true. But, I mean, but it's he does play. some people. But sorry, concern, I didn't mean to. Oh, it's okay. Uh, but he does play, like, a key role in the saving of these. So they're called foodimals. Food <laughs> animals. You smush it together. Foodimals. They were, like, the best part of the second film, but I, like, totally don't like them, but... Oh, they were like the uh, obviously this berry, the strawberry was great. The taco dial, um, you know, and, supreme. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the shrimp pansies, um, the little marshmallow dudes. Those were adorable. Mm-hmm. My favorite though were the pickles that oh were God, fishing yes. for sardines with yes. Flint Lockwood's dad. I love the pickles. Um, I would be a pickle, but. Sorry, Patsy was showing me something and I just completely blanked on what I was saying. Um, but I think he ultimately, he saves everyone like yeah. he does. Again, so kind of similar to the first one, he's willing to sacrifice himself. In the second one, he's willing to sacrifice himself to in an attempt to not only save his his friends and his family, but the foodimals on the island as well. And, you know, in the end, everyone's able to live. You know, the foodimals are able to stay on the island and live and cohabitat and, you know, be free from any exposure that they were going to receive, you know, because that was the goal of Chester V. He wanted to experiment on them and, you know, we could make so much money, you know, exposing these he to the made, world. He and- made, he made food bars and what he wanted to do, because he like these weird like protein bars and what he wanted to do was use the machine to make foodimals to then process into his food bars. Yeah. That's what he was trying to do. He wasn't like, hey, everyone, look at these look at these animals. Aren't they crazy? It was more like, let's hide this from the world so we have this unlimited source of delicious food that no one else could possibly replicate because no one else has living, <laughs> living food animals. The best part, though, is when I know your favorite part is, there's a leak in the boat. <laughs> and there's literally a leak in the boat. <laughs> I did laugh at that one. Uh that when the cool. shrimpanzees were swinging through the spaghetti jungle and like one of them grabbed the uh, 
monkey thought translator was like shrimpanzee and steve grabs it back like steve shrimpanzee steve shrimpanzee and then steve just shoves him i do want to point one thing out though because there are casual viewers of this film who may not pay attention to things like i do in the first one when steve is fighting the gummy bears there is one gummy bear he reaches into his chest, rips his heart out, and eats it. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Watch that carefully. Like, you might not notice that. Like, yeah, so don't give me that shit about this is a rated G movie for kids. He decapitates one of them. He no. decapitates a couple of them. And then he rips the heart out, screams, and eats the handful of heart. Yeah, but he loves gummy bears. That's an aggressive way to eat gummy bears. I mean, hey, if I see an egg roll, I would just rip the guts out. And just right? Get all... An egg roll is not an anthropomorphic uh, thingy. Angry nerd alert. Angry nerd alert. Not really, because an egg roll is not the same oh as a walking God, around bear. You can't compare the two things. Who cares? Oh, so, shit. wrapping up our discussion on Flint Lockwood, does anybody have anything else to add about this character? Uh, I think everyone should go out and see this film because it's awesome. It used to be on Netflix, and it's not because Netflix. Sometimes it's on um, Amazon. Amazon. If you have a Stars uh, subscription. Yep. About you, Agent Nicole. No, I think it's a good film. It definitely has some really good. Uh, it definitely benefits children and benefits adults as well. There's so many freaking. Um into windows in there and all that stuff but it just for me personally the first one is definitely better than the second one um i did i don't know why i like the second one i think they pushed it a little bit too hard but flint is a great character i think anybody who's been in the shoes of where it was hard to be accepted as a kid and like even as an adult it's still sometimes hard and like you you relate to the character and it's a good character to talk about and apparently there's a third movie coming out. Yeah, so I heard rumors about potentially a third movie. I can't find anything to confirm that. Cloudy um, the chance of meatloaf. <laughs> so, you know, it's just uh it's just a rumor. I saw a couple of like fan-made videos piecing together stuff from the first movie and the second movie to try attempt to make a teaser trailer for the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I read a couple of articles that said, you know, maybe there's a third one. There's rumors. So there's like some rustle about a potential third one. There is a cartoon series. Yeah, that, um, that cartoon network just started last year. But I love this character uh, for a couple of reasons. One being the relatable aspect, you know, being made fun of and bullied in school and just kind of searching for kind of just searching for your place, your purpose, you know, and it sucks being alone, you know, and so searching for that person, people that you can relate to and those, those bonds and friendships that can, you know, just kind of help carry you through life. Uh, and another thing, um, I should say the other thing that I love about this character is he's science. Like he loves to invent things and that's his passion. And, you know, as a child, that's something that he, he loved and he never lost his love for inventing things and always strived to learn as well. And I think that's just so important. You know, science is important and learning is important. And, 
you know, you're never too old to learn something. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say this right now. In the third film, he has a picture with Elon Musk. Just saying. Well, I heard you. That would be amazing. <laughs> Selfie love, with him. I love Elon His Musk. best man at the wedding or something. Yeah, but see, and that's the thing I read. <laughs> that, that, you know, the third, the premise of the third one is he and Sam Sparks get married. So I'm really hoping that this happens. Steve would be the best man. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, no. Okay, then Elon Musk is officiating the wedding. Like. Right? He's, he's there with Neil deGrasse Tyson. They're like, what up? And Bill Nye. Yeah. Can't forget Bill Nye. Um, Michio Kaku. But I think it's great that something like this is out there. You know, it is a movie for kids, but enjoyed by adults. And, you know, for a kid watching it who, you know, doesn't really know much about anything, can see this and be like, wow, I'm so interested. Like, what is that? And, you know, the world definitely needs more scientists because apparently there aren't enough. Or I should yeah. say there, there, there aren't enough people who um, believe in science and the capabilities of science and fact versus fiction. Yeah. So, so on that note. Yeah, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll give you some battle results and uh, give you a preview of next week's show. So we'll be right back. Do you love a scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster haunts at midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex, love, death, revenge, and the end of the world. Brought to you by the world's greatest monster hunting, This is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal. And they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. And we're back. So, what, uh... What do we have uh, for our battles to refresh people's memories there, uh, Ashes? So, last week, we posed 
a drag off. Gentlemen, start your engines and may the best woman win. Who do you think would slay the runway and snatch the title of Queen Supreme in a RuPaul's Drag Race style catwalk and lip sync for your life? We had Vince Noir from the Mighty Boosh versus Albert Starina Goldman from the Birdcage. And in an astounding upset, uh, Vince Noir won. So I kind of want to go over. See, for me, um, I'll start this off. For me, it was a kind of like a, a, a... the age-old conundrum in the drag world of old school versus new school. Starina is poised. She is glamorous. She's perfect. She is showmanship. She is just class. Um, you know, everything that you think of what drag queens used to be, that's what she is. Not saying that, that, that they aren't anymore, but, you know, she's definitely like a beauty pageant queen. You know, she, um, more emphasis on her performance, uh, and, being poor like she has poise and whatnot uh now granted um you know vince noir technically isn't a drag queen um i totally think he could be vince noir not only is vince noir like a total drag name but hello have you not seen some of the shit that he wears i think noel fielding in general is a drag queen (laughs) um he does dress up like a woman a lot in the show yeah, he does that a lot life. in real life. <laughs> he does. Um, so Noel, uh, excuse me, Vince represents kind of like a, a the new school of drag. Uh, stuff that's a little campier. Um, stuff that's a little kind of like a little bougie. Yeah, very loud. And you know, drag is usually always colorful, but you know, um, he more uh, loose. A loose, you know, style of drag, a go with the flow style of drag. And that's why I chose Vince. I think Vince would not only slay the runway because he can walk in pretty much anything. Like he mm-hmm. lives, like he just, he lives in heels. He's my hero. Um, but he has this impeccable fashion sense and he just puts together outfits that just, they just work. Like, you can't really explain it. They just work. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, because Starina, she practices and practices to make sure everything's perfect. Whereas I think Vince would be able to just completely blow her out of the water when it comes to the lip sync. Because typically the lip sync for your life is something... Spur the moment, you know, you're going to lip sync for your life, you know, go. So I think he would be able to improvise and kind of work with what's around him with how he thinks and stuff. I think that he would be able to, you know, just just use his surroundings better. As opposed to Starino, who has this very rigid, very methodical approach to uh, her performances. Like she has to rehearse, she has to get everything down a certain way like god forbid you chew gum yeah, i was gonna say just hopefully nobody's nobody's chewing gum what about you agent nicole who I, did you vince noir yeah 
same reasons. I think if I had to be put in the middle between them, I would be more attracted towards Vince Noir. Just mostly just it speaks more to me than what Starina is. Like, I mean, I appreciate like, you know, the effort that she puts in, like the practice, like that's it's like you said, it's old school versus new school. And I think it just comes down to which one speaks more to you. And I think for me, it would have been Vince Noir. Exactly. Uh, I could not agree with you more. It definitely comes down to personal preference. So Vince Noir gets to Shantae stay while Starina gets to sashay away. Yeah, pretty much. Well, no, that's that's the result. I'm, I'm yeah. speaking drag right now. <laughs> Did you know I'm bilingual? I also speak drag. <laughs> Hunty. That I don't know. What I'm gagging on your eleganza. Okay. 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 Don't say gag. It's just because I went to see my dad wrote a porno live last night. And Can we, oh, I, I want details. Oh, I, I can't. It's just... Oh... Uh, it, I, I need it. to listen to this podcast. You need to listen to it. It's so funny. It's it just being like I was. Unfortunately, I went by. I wouldn't say unfortunately, but like I had a friend who was supposed to go with me, and unfortunately, she went back to working uh, overseas, and so I went to the show by myself. And you know, I it didn't feel like it was a bad thing being by yourself because you're surrounded by all these other perverts who really like enjoy this and listen to it and having fun and. It's just the atmosphere is just so fun. And there was one, I think the best part is there was this lady down at the bottom who, who was like from, I could see her from where I was sitting and I was like, oh God, that lady is a hot mess. But, and she continued on to be a hot mess. She volunteered to play a role in this, like this lost chapter that they read. And she was one fucking crazy lady, but it's such a good show and it's such a wonderful podcast. And, it's so funny and it's so it's just it's crazy that Jamie Morin who is the guy whose dad writes the porno is a travel his dad is a travel writer too so it's just like he mixes all these things and it's it's like the live show I can't wait for them to have another one because they were only in the states for a couple of weeks they did probably I want to say like 15 shows not a lot but are they not from the No, States? they're from the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're from the UK and it, what's funny is they have three they have three people. They have a straight guy, a female, and a gay guy. And it's, you know, the different perspectives on everything and some of the the for me like the lingo is not like the slang and the lingo like is like second nature like I'm bilingual and like British slang or something, but <laughs> it's it makes it so much better like it it's just richer and it's just more funnier and like they get I think in the second series they start getting guests on so they have Daisy Ridley who was like who loves and you you can tell from the excitement and I guess I think she got Mark Hamill into it as well oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and um they try to get she was trying to get Harrison Ford into it as well so you know she definitely gets some other people um Michael uh, Michael Sheen who's a wonderful actor has been in a lot of things over here. Um, he loves it. It's just, it's such a good comedy podcast. Like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to ramble on, but it's so funny. And it's, it's just the reactions. Like some of the time when I started listening to it, I was like, oh, I can't believe he just did that. 
I can't like it makes you cringe, but it's like it's so funny. It's like it's like Fifty Shades of Grey in a male's perspective. Like I haven't read much of Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's I like, wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. But it, this is just even funnier. Like it's just funny. So if you have a chance, I, I know the fourth season will be coming out later this year. But my dad wrote a porno. Even if you get to see it live, it's just fucking ridiculous. Somebody gets um, Christian at the very end with a walk, which you got to listen to the series to understand why a walk is so important in this uh, this. Um, Would you call it a walk to remember? No. Anyways, uh, so next week we are going to be talking about another inventor, another uh, character that from a beloved series. Hiccupatic from How to Train Your Dragon. I'm yep. excited. Yeah, we we figured we'd go with like a little bit of a theme for these two episodes, and I think these two guys are uh, yeah, they're very similar in a lot of ways, but they're also very different in a lot of ways. They also have really cute sidekicks. They do. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you sound so enthusiastic over there. Ugh. No, this character drives me out of my mind. Okay, this is where we're going to really need to get the nerd alert alarm so, going. nerd alert. Angry nerd alert. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up, and we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>